Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Preseason coaching tips. Welcome back to Mindset Monday. We're excited to bring another great episode. Today we're talking about what you can do to get your team ready before the season starts. That's right. We're about we're less than a month until wrestling season begins for most high school coaches, most high school teams. What should we be doing right now? A lot of people are asking us, what should we be doing mentally? What, what should we be doing physically? What should we be doing technically? So today we're going to run through some of the things we could be doing. I think we start with habits. What are some good habits we could be creating right now? Action plan. An action plan sets the, sets the whole stage for everything. Uh, number one, everyone should have their goals written down, your long-term goals and your short-term goals. Of course, I'm glossing over some of our mindset lessons that we take a full half hour, 45 minutes to bring our athletes through. But nonetheless, have your goals written down uh, as a coach, your team goals written down, short-term and long-term goals. Encourage your individuals to have short-term and long-term goals. And then creating an action plan for your team. Now, with your action plan, you want it to be something very specific. And you want to cover all the different aspects of wrestling mentally. What's your plan mentally? Do you have a plan mentally? Make sure you get a hold of us. We can make that nice and easy for you. What's the strength training plan? Setting it up so your athletes are lifting weights at least one day a week. At least one day a week to maintain strength is necessary. We learned about this in my, in my, when I was doing my master's degree. Um, Rutgers University Exercise Science Program, we asked the professor straight up during the season, who worked with the wrestlers, by the way, how much weightlifting do we need to do in season? He said you need at least once a week of about an hour and a half hitting the major core lifts, uh, doing that at least once a week. Plyometrics. Another topic, a lot of people don't focus on it. One or two days a week where you're working on explosive power. That's things like box jumps and things of that nature where explosive power training like the, like the Soviets, the Russians. You're stretching, flexibility, both dynamic and static stretching, having some kind of plan for that, making sure um, we're, we're working on our technique, 
what does the technique plan look like? What are going to be some of the main moves uh, for our team and what the structure of practice is? By now, all the coaches should have started. Many, many of the top coaches have their practice plan complete up through this year. Do you have yours complete? So again, it's technique, it's strength, conditioning. What's the conditioning plan look like? Encouraging your wrestlers to be doing some form of conditioning. Of course, running, that's kind of the obvious answer, but also things that are less taxing on the body where it could be bike sprints, um, battle ropes, any any kind of um, conditioning in, in place, making sure you're doing some conditioning, get that heart rate up so when your athletes walk into practice, they're ready to go. Some stance in motion is going to be important too. When you start breaking it down into a stance for the first time in a while, that's very taxing on the body. Recommending to your athletes, do 10 minutes of five, 10 minutes of stance in motion every day. So are we tackling all those areas, the conditioning, the strength, the technique, and of course, the mindset? That's right. One that's overlooked a lot too is just good habit, getting to bed earlier, right? A lot of a lot of athletes will complain the night before a tournament they can't fall asleep. They're going to bed every night at midnight, and then the night before a tournament they're trying to go to bed at 9:30. It's not going to happen, right? It's got to be something that's consistent. The the earlier we start that, the easier it's going to be. So making sure that we're, you know, thinking about that part of our action plan. What time am I going to bed each day? And maybe it's a little bit different on a Friday or a Saturday night. But at very least, we should have written down bedtime, whatever, 10, 1030 during the week. And maybe it's 11, 1130 on a weekend. But starting to write that down and make that a habit so that your first preseason tournament in December, you're not calling us up because you can't fall asleep before a tournament. You're already going to be a little bit nervous. That being said, one of the things you can control would be making sure that we, you know, we're on a plan. We're consistent. Right. Sleeping and eating. That was the other that was the other thing. And that's also why you want to make sure you're doing our wrestling mindset program, because we have all this broken down. It's all written out. So there's no guesswork here. Your eating plan, your sleeping plan, getting your athletes to think about it, recommending team policies during this year. As a team, we go to bed before 11 o'clock, ideally earlier, knowing that or, um, you know, having a team policy that there's no partying during the season. Um, no, no drinking or, or substance. I know a lot of wrestlers big with dipping or tobacco. Okay. We're not doing any of that. Not that we should be doing that at any time, but especially during the season, we're going to be a little bit more disciplined with our life. So it's our preparation and our lifestyle, which is of course our physical and mental training, but also the lifestyle that goes around it. Yep. And then another thing with the nutrition would be really focusing on quality versus quantity. I think a mistake a lot of wrestlers will make is they start to just eat less. Right. Focus on the quality first, cutting out just straight up junk food like cookies, candy, soda, um, things that are just an obvious you shouldn't eat. There's no health benefits from them. So let's start with quality control before you get into the quantity. I don't think the quantity you really need to mess with too much until we get into the season, maybe the week of a tournament, the week before a match. But right now, the quality is going to be the most important. So cutting out the junk. Start now. Right. And when you're building, a lot of times, instead of thinking of depriving yourself of, of, of different foods, think about what you could be inserting into your, into your diet in a positive way. In other words, filling it up with good things. So as an example, as my breakfast, I know it's, I'm going to have my Ezekiel bread, which the, which the bodybuilders have, who are clearly looking to keep the fat off. I'm having my eggs and I'm having my spinach. So right off the bat, I know it's good quality bread. It has a good carbs to um, fiber ratio. The spinach, which is like a, a superfood, basically, I'm not sure if that's the official term for it, but it's a whole combination of vitamins that you need. And I'm, and I'm making sure that I have that, um, that the eggs, right? So that's good. I have my big, my big bottle of water, my jug. So making sure I have that, having green tea, having a, a, a cup of green tea a day, that's good for the antioxidants. 
building in. What else do I build in? I say having a handful of almonds, nuts are filling. A handful of almonds are good for you. Six Brazil nuts every day. That boosts testosterone levels. So in other words, I'm not just thinking about deprivation. I'm thinking about foods that I could build into my diet. And now when you do that, you start to feel full. Lentils. I know in Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Body, he says that if you're, if you're hungry throughout the day, you're probably not eating enough beans and legumes. So making sure you're having those, you know, th those lentils. Build things into your diet. Yep. So, so if you're a coach, if you're a middle school, high school, or college coach, a simple thing you could do for your athletes preseason, make a list. Eat this and not that. You know, whole wheat bread, whole grain bread instead of white bread. You know, these are a few healthy snacks. So putting together a simple list like this could make a big difference, right? Start now and don't wait until the season. If you could do this a month before the season, the guys are coming in a little bit leaner, a little bit better shape, and they've developed the habit. So it's going to be easier in season um, if they if they start now. So make a list. Eat this, not that. Instead of just don't eat this because then it's like, all right, well, that's all I eat. What should I be eating? So make sure that there's a substitute and it's not all, like Gene said, depriving yourself of this. Don't eat this, but have this instead. I think that's a good way to look at it. Right. Just one technical point there to also also bring out the exercise science master in me coming, coming out that wants to come out there. Um, not master, that I got my master's degree, and I'm not claiming that I'm a master of this. But nonetheless, and that was um, making sure the timing. When we have carbs, so I think about bagels. That was something we commonly had before uh, matches and things like that. Now, ordinarily, if throughout the day you're going to have a carb, it's better to have the whole grains, the whole wheats. But if it's right before a workout, when I say right before, I mean like an hour and a half, but bet between two hours before a workout, you're actually better off having white carbs because they break down a little bit easier. But that's a that's a technical point right there. Like Jeff said, make sure you're making those substitutions now. Start thinking about it now. So when the season comes, you've built a habit. Remember, it takes between 21 and 28 days to build a habit. We have a small window now where we could get to that junction before um, you know, the, at the end of November. So start the habit now. So in season, you don't have to think about it. It's clockwork. Okay. So let's go into strength training. You, you mentioned before at least one day a week, they need to be lifting right now before the season. I think it's reasonable to say well, that should be at least two days a week. But if we're creating a plan for our team, you know, it can't be overly com complex because most people aren't going to know exactly what to do. What would, what would you actually have them doing during those one or two workouts? Maybe some of the complex lifts, some of the most important lifts to be doing right now. So they're focusing on the right things. Right. And this is exactly what we asked our exercise science professor to make sure we had an answer for this. So there are five core lifts. I'll, I'll name them all and then we'll go through them and I'll give you quick tips on all of them. Squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing, uh, shoulder pressing. And then if I had to pick one more, bent over rows. That's how it was expressed to me. Okay. So let's go through it. Squatting. So Squatting is one of the best exercises. I say squatting and deadlifting first because we tend to neglect our lower body. And those are really the power muscles for sports. You cannot neglect your lower body. So when it comes to squats, best bets there, you want to make sure you're doing that at least one day, at least one day a week. You don't have to go very high. So what you want to do here is you're really looking for the, the, the power, the, the not explosive power here, but basically it's a speed strength uh, thing here. So you want to be looking at Prilipin's chart. Just Google it. Prilipin's chart. It tells you the reps and the sets of what you should be doing. And one thing you notice, it's not really doing more than like three reps. Also, a good thing there with squats, use the box and use a sumo stance. Sumo stance engages the hips. 
The box breaks up the concentric, eccentric chain. In other words, you're not going to be as sore. Big reason why I didn't want to lift legs when I was wrestling was because I knew I had to break it down into a stance and I don't want my legs to be sore. If you use the box, every one of your squats will be below parallel and you won't be as sore. So box squatting and use a sumo stance, which is better for your hips and it doesn't change the quad activation. So you, set, you, set up, you set up to three, uh, roughly three reps. So how many sets should you be doing roughly? So if we're, if we're making a program, I want to help a coach actually put together a program. How many sets roughly? If you look at Prilipin's chart, so now for a wrestler, if you look at Tudor, Ob- Tudor Obampa's book, exercise, great exercise science pro- pro- um, professor, talks about block periodization, trained Olympic champs. He says a wrestler should be lifting between 60 to 80% of their max, of their one rep max, because that's, that's optimal range for what a wrestler needs. So I'm using the word strength and power right now very loosely. The, the, the strength that the wrestler needs is between that 60 to 80% max. And there's certain numbers, a certain rep schemes that work the best for that. And like I said, Google Prilipin's chart, and that'll tell you the exact reps and sets. It's roughly six sets of three, something like that. Okay. okay so it's low reps. It's low reps. And using the box, like I said, is going to make you less sore and going, and it's going to make sure every one of your squats is at a depth below 90 degrees. And, um, the wides, the wide is helps the hips squat, um, squat. Now we're talking deadlifts now. Okay. Similar thing with that. Similar thing with that, with those numbers, ideally during the season, it would probably be better to use a trap bar. If you can, that's the one you step into where you step into it. Why? Because it's a little bit safer. It's a, it's a little bit safer on your body. But, of course, nothing beats a good old-fashioned deadlift. Go sumo stance. Make sure you keep your back ni- nice and tight. Don't, bu- don't bend your back over. This is also a big reason why a squat and a deadlift are far superior for wrestlers than using the cleans and the, ha- the hang cleans and the full cleans. The reason why is those lifts take time to learn. There's a lot of technique involved there. There's a lot of technique involved in a deadlift or a squat. There's even more, there's even, there's much more technique involved in a hang clean or a power clean. So, and, and, and these things sometimes happen too fast. You're more likely to get hurt. So your better bet, stick with your squats, stick with your deadlifts. And again, the sumo stance helps um, for greater hip activation. If you have access to a trap bar, use it because it's a little bit safer. When we saw Kale Sanderson, his strength coach, um, Sean Contos, who is at different places at the University of Maryland, he was helping Penn State, he was helping Iowa State helping Dubuque University. Kale Sanderson said no injuries in the weight room. So making sure that everything was done with safety. As we go on to these upper body lifts, you'll see what I'm talking about. With bench press, he recommended not going all the way down to your chest during the season. So we actually recommended more of a more of a push press, not a push press. A pipe, a pipe what, bench? What? Like a pipe bench. Like like a pipe bench, which we, I remember us doing at Penn in the morning. Yep. We had we had a pipe bench, so we weren't going down, basically past ninety degrees with our arms, so we're not getting too wide with our shoulders. Um, and then also the um, I forget what the, the vocabulary escapes me, but you have the you have it the weight on the pins at ninety degrees, and you press it up, and you press it up from there. So that's that helps. You don't bring it all the way down. Save your shoulders. Also, if you're going to bench press with dumbbells. It's better to use a neutral. It's better to use that neutral grip, and that's also true for our for our. Um, if you're doing pull-ups, if you're doing pull-ups or the shoulder press, the next exercise I was going to bring up, um, the shoulder press. You don't want to use the the bar, the straight bar. What you want to use is you want to use dumbbells, neutral grip, and press up. It protects your shoulders. Sean Contos was very big with that. 
again, he coached some of the top, some great, great teams, great wrestlers. And he, and he said, making sure that keeping that neutral grip protects your shoulders. Same thing with pull-ups. We're not doing pull-ups with the hands out just because there's more room for error. Now there is a way to do pull-ups with hands facing out. If you're keeping your arms in front of your body and pulling down, that's protecting your shoulders too. But most people aren't very disciplined with doing pull-ups properly. So go neutral grip or go under grip when you're doing bent over, when you're doing bent over rows that you could go because your hands are facing down that you could pull up into you. So bent over rows, you could do with the dumbbell. You could do with the barbell. You could interchange them each week. So you, you change them up, but the point is to maintain the safety. So again, it's a squat, a deadlift, a bent over row, a shoulder press or a push press. You could take it here and then you, and, and you could, and you could pop it up, but make sure you're using the dumbbells where you could dip down and pop it up. Some days you go a little bit heavier, but I would follow Prilipin's chart for all of those because they're big lifts. And then for other exercises, you could throw in as far as getting, getting more repetitions, but maintain the, the, the idea of everything we said right there. Neutral grip, never hands turned out like that. A quick break from today's podcast. Wrestling season is here. Wrestling Mindset is the number one wrestling-specific program anywhere in the world. This season, make sure to work with a Wrestling Mindset coach to get the mental edge so that you can build confidence, stay motivated, and bring out your best when it means the most. Wrestling Mindset works with hundreds of wrestlers and teams each year. We have a special offer this season for our podcast listeners. Go to our website at WrestlingMindset.com, click on the free trial session, type your name and information. In the last section, you'll see additional information. Type in podcast discount. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount and teams will have a $200 discount for any team program. Again, go to WrestlingMindset.com, click on the free trial session, type in podcast discount under additional information. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount in their first month and teams will receive a $200 discount on any team program. Get the mental edge today. Now back to our podcast. Yep, so like a six sets of three. I've heard a lot too. I think Zach Evanesh talks about five sets of five, which is probably pretty close, right? So the core five, lifts. Five sets of five is, yeah, five sets of five is more of a strength, more of a, um, more of a muscle, a little bit more of a hypertrophy, but it's still not hitting quite those numbers for, for muscle building. You need to be above like the, you really want to be above like the six reps, really above eight reps if you're going for muscle. So five sets of five would be okay too. So, so the main thing here is we're, we're trying to get stronger, right? We're not just trying to put on muscle. That's a mistake we've made when we were younger. That's a mistake a lot of athletes will make. They're doing four sets of 12, four sets of 15. That's muscle building, but we're not just trying to put on muscle. We're trying to get stronger for the season. Right. And, and, and along with this, um, with some of the stuff we saw at Westside Barbell, they make make some really good points that now, of course, you do other exercises for reps. So those are the, the, the core lifts. Those you're doing to get stronger. Now, when you use supplemental lifts, uh, supplemental exercises, that's now um, more you could you could do greater reps there. OK, so that's and, and when you do that, you want to think about wrestling. So if you're going to be working your core, you don't want to be laying on your back doing sit-ups. It'd be better to hang on to the bar, ideally, again, a neutral grip or an undergrip, do leg raises. No one should be sitting on their butt doing lat pull-downs because you're not sitting down in your sport, right? You're better, you're better off doing something while you're standing up. Um, tremendous amount of sled pulling, if you could do it, or wheelbarrow uh, pushes. Not sprinting with it, not running with it but walking with a wheelbarrow, walking with dumbbells, farmer's carry. You see that at, you see that at underground strength all the time. Zach Evanesh's video, it seemed like everyone's doing farmer carries. Why? It's great endurance. Again, similar to the wheelbarrow, 
wheelbarrow and similar to the um the sled the sled the sled pulling so, so how about injury prevention? I think that's an important thing, too. I know we talk a lot about doing band work, right, to, to build up your tendons. So I've, I explained this to a lot of people in town recently that, you know, a lot of the, the reason that I have a lot of injuries probably is because as I was growing rapidly, I had an interesting, went from 103 as my freshman, sophomore year in high school to 174 my last year in college. As you're, you're growing bigger, your muscles grow faster than your tendons, right? There was something that we knew really nothing about that as we were in high school, pretty much all of our wrestling career. So the muscles grow big, the tendons are not keeping pace. And we never did any, very rarely did we do any kind of band work to keep up with that, maybe after an injury. So you have, you see a lot of guys with knee injuries, shoulder injuries. So preseason, what are some things we could be doing with our bands for tendon strength to just improve our uh, injury prevention? Yeah, we made, a, we made a video on this that we could throw a link in the show notes. And we also had a great guest from, from Westside, their physical therapist, who actually was talking about this, that just looking at this as not looking at it as rehab or prehab, but just look at it as, as tendon strength, right? And, and you know, your basic, your basic tendon strength, which you should be training three times as much as your muscles. So there's, there's a lot of things. It's high repetition band work that you're really looking at. High repetition band work where you could do, be doing tricep extensions or, th or lock the band in on, on something and do a, a leg curls, uh, things like that. You could throw the band over your back and do good mornings. You could do high rep curls when you step on the band and do them fast. But the idea is you want to use a very, very small band. In other words, a band that you could do about a, at least 100 reps in a row, which when you look at it at first, you think it's, well, I'm going to use this big green band. It's like, you're not using the big green band. You're going to have a hard time using the red band. You might want to get it but because it's a different point. The point is not to stimulate the muscles as much as it is the tendons. So getting getting into that band work. How about stretching? Stretching something that could help us in terms of injury prevention as well? Yeah, absolutely. And especially before our before workouts, you should be doing your dynamic stretching. And after your workouts, you could be doing a little bit of static stretching. If you're static stretching before your workouts, whether it's lifting or wrestling or anything else, you're 50, you have the studies show it's 15% strength decline. If you're, if you're stretch, cause you're stretching a cold muscle, it'd be like putting a rubber band inside a freezer and then you take it out and you try to stretch the rubber band, it snaps. So your muscles need to be warm when they're stretched. So when we say stretch, there's two types of stretching, static stretching, which is staying still dynamic stretching, which means movement change, right? So you want to do dynamic before static after, um, not not messing around with with too much static stretching things like yoga i know a lot of teams do that you shouldn't do that it doesn't it, it doesn't have the benefits that you think it does it's not getting you it's not getting you flexible in the joint angles that you're going to be in in wrestling that's an important point you see i interviewed many people talking about this topic it does not do what you think it does like anything else if you want to be successful you need to have sports specificity when we were lifting weights in college Zeke Jones told us every lift in every lift you do, you should mimic wrestling as much as possible. Dan Gable spoke about this too on flow wrestling. If you remember him in his training in his Rocky gym and his, in his outdoor garage, he said, when I'm, and when I'm hitting the punching bag, I'm not doing hooks. He's like, I'm, I'm uppercutting because I'm digging under hooks. So you got Dan Gable punching the punching bag, all uppercuts. Why? Because he's making it similar to wrestling. So it's the same thing with you. When you're stretching the static stretches, the dynamic stretches, should mimic wrestling. If you're if you're doing these yoga poses where you're, where you're in a in a special pretzel, you're not going to be in that situation. Not only in wrestling, but in life. So 
Maximize your time. You only have so much time. Specialize. Do what's going to work for the sport of wrestling. Yep. And then another one, the highlight. Going back, you mentioned plyometrics. That's something that, you know, we're doing explosive power. So it's very few reps and it's going to be intense. Every rep's got to be 100%. That's an important part of plyometrics. And, and it's usually, it's, it's going to be different. I think a mistake a lot of athletes will make when it comes to plyometrics is that they do it when they're fatigued, right? They'll do it after a workout. So your muscles are tired. So I was going to ask you this, your opinion on plyometrics is, it, should it be a separate a separate workout? Should you incorporate that with lifting? Should you do it before a lift, after a lift? But I know a lot of times we're tired when we do plyometrics. And I know that's that's a no-no, right? It's got to be something where we're fresh. Every rep has got to be 100%. Otherwise, you're really not doing plyometrics. And that's plyometrics is explosive power. That's important for wrestling. If you want to get to the leg faster, you need to you need to be doing plyometrics. It's something that you know, it can't just be going through the motions. Every rep's got to be 100%. So what are, what are some thoughts on that? How do we implement that in this schedule? Yeah, at Westside, Tom Barry talks about this. He, um, this is in our video also that we have our Meeting of the Minds episode of him. He goes into that. Basically, he was saying, because we're so compressed with time in the season. I remember Zach Evanesh talking about this, too. Obviously, he's been doing this for a while. Um, you you got to kind of do things when you can do them. But the point is that mentally, you need to be aware. You're only doing 40 to 60 jumps twice a week. So think about it. if you're only doing 40 jumps twice a week, every one of those jumps counts. If you're doing it 90%, you're not doing it properly. It's got to be 100% every single jump. So you have to do what you can to recover. Now, during the season, you're going to get yourself in better and better shape. You're going to be able to recover a lot faster than you would in the off season. So that's something to bear in mind too. Make sure you get it in. That's the key. I'm sure there's a lot of wrestlers. They will do it in practice. Um, do do it when you can. Ideally, it would be it would be before. I would I would guess that would probably be the best thing. But what you'd have to do is you have to warm up a little bit before you do it. You can't just jump right into plyometrics. But um, it would be it would be a big mistake not to do it. Getting those jumps in. That's right. And then and then how about running? I know that was something in the preseason. We always did a lot of running. Do you think it should be a mix of of sprinting, running, distance? Roughly how much? Because I've heard coaches where you should be running 10, 12 miles. And I, you know, I think that was the old school mentality where you just ran a ton of distance, which might be good every now and then. I know when we were at the University of Pennsylvania, and I know they do it now. Coach Reina has the, the freshmen and the sophomores. They'll run a 12-mile a run. And the idea isn't just to get in better shape, right? It's a one-time thing. And the reason that he does it, it's it's a mental challenge, right? He's, he's creating a, an extreme challenge so that these freshmen – who've already been working hard, right, to get to that level in wrestling, they do something that they've never done before. You know, so you could go back for Thanksgiving. You could go back for the start of the season. You could say, I ran 12 miles. I proved to myself that I'm tougher than I was last year. So that's not as much of a, you know, we're training to to run to become a distance runner, but we're, we're creating a challenge for ourselves um, to give ourselves a mental edge. But what are your thoughts, some thoughts on, on running? Here's what I would think. Running is kind of like the staple. That's what that's what people do. I would just keep in your mind that's still gonna it's the easiest thing to do. It's easiest to just go out and get a run and you don't need any equipment. You can just get the run in. So that probably will just naturally be the default for people. But what you should be thinking as a coach or as an athlete or as a parent is there's other there's other activities out there and it's important to throw other activities in. So like a lot of times I would think you'd see it teammates on the bike or teammates on the Stairmaster or working the elliptical. It's like, ah, that's kind of a waste. I'd get a better workout in running. Not always, because 
your knees are taking pounding all the time. Your legs are constantly taking the pounding and you want to make sure that you're changing it up a little bit. You could still get a very good workout on a bike or on an elliptical or doing, you know, anything else, battle ropes, a speed bag, punching bag, whatever. Like, but so yes, of course, sprints are going to be good. Ideally you want, it's, it's got to be, you're probably better off being a Tarzan doing a little bit of everything. Of course, the best conditioning for wrestling is hard wrestling. That's the bottom line. There's no way around it. The best conditioning for any sport is going to be doing that specific sport, how you're going, how you're going to do it. So change it up. Don't think it has to just be running. And in fact, it shouldn't just be running because you want to protect your body. You want to protect your joints. You don't want to overuse them. And running is a lot of hard pounding. So throw in some elliptical, throw in some bike, throw in some whatever, Stairmaster, whatever, just, you know, to keep that, change it up. If you have access to a pool, get in the pool. That's right. And I will say when you are running, because there's going to be a time where you're sprinting, when you're doing conditioning, making sure you know what the actual goal is, because a mistake, I think, again, a lot of people make, I've done this many times when I was younger, you're just trying to win the sprint, right? The, the goal when you're sprinting is to get in better shape, to improve your conditioning. So when you think about it, if you're running 1000 meter sprints or eight, 200 meter sprints, you know, and, and we're in the beginning of the year, you should be really, really tired where it's like, if you're sprinting the first few, you're probably not going to be in good enough shape to sprint the last, <laughs> the last three or four, right? But the goal isn't to win the eight sprints. The goal isn't to win the 10 sprints. The goal is to get as tired as you possibly can. So, you know, I remember our coach used to say, you know, blow the guys away. Coach Giordani's thumb, blow them away, blow them away. And that is the point. The point is to go 100% every time. So that's more of a mental lesson because you might lose sprints to people that, you know, you think you should be in better shape then. There might be people that are faster than you. But the idea is that I got to go 100%. And I might be gassed the last three or four sprints. You know, I might be basically crawling across the finish line. And that's okay because then you actually achieve your goal of going 100%. Don't go 80% on the 10 sprints. Go 100% all of them on all of them. And that might look pretty ugly for the last four. But at the same time, you're actually getting the benefit which you're looking for. The goal isn't to win the sprint. It's to get in better shape. Yeah. Yeah. I made that mistake a lot in college and our, and our strength and our, our strength conditioning and adversity coach called me out on it because we'd run the two, we'd run the 200 meters. I was a pretty decent runner. And that like, I could usually, I could stay with the pack in the first, like whatever hundred meters. And then once we start making that turn in the track, I could start opening it up. I could, I could throttle it down there. I could usually build a comfortable gap and then cruise through the finish line and make sure I win the sprints. And, and that was something that we spoke about a lot of times, the, the two of us after that, Instead of thinking about, I'm going to win every single sprint, exactly what you said before. It's like, I'm going to make myself as tired as possible. And if I'm finishing with the heavyweights on the last two, I did my job. I did my job fine. Like, it's not a matter, like, win the, in that case, you know what, win the first two sprints by a large margin and then, and then finish in the back nine or whatever, uh, you know, in the last two sprints, if, you know, if that, if that's what it comes down to. So, Yeah. That's 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 mentally tough there because again you're being aware you're present to your goal. The goal is to get in as good of shape as possible so you win in the wrestling match. The goal is not to stroke your ego to win this to win this sprint. And I get it, we do want to win all the time, but you know the idea is we're preparing for something. It has to be intentional practice, intentional training. That's right. All right, so I think we we could finish off with some some mindset tips here. So we talked about it the big thing here is the action plan. Now, that's one of the most impactful lessons that we do with our teams. 
anytime there's a change in the schedule, preseason, season starts, postseason, season ends, summertime begins, school year ends, you got to be adjusting your action plan all the time. You always got to feel good about where you're at now and where you're going. And I think the best way to do that is to have a good action plan. And like we said, it's hitting on all these different things, strength, nutrition, conditioning, tendon strength, mindset, um, the band work, plyometrics. There, there's so many things. There's so many facets of wrestling that you can improve on that, you know, it, it has to be a holistic plan. So let's focus on mindset for a little bit. What, what are some of the things that, that a coach could be doing with his team right now? Maybe some simple strategies to, um, to get his team mentally ready for the coming challenges of the season. Again, we have everyone on the team uh, collectively and individuals, a short-term and a long-term goal. An action plan uh, for collectively would be what does the team practice schedules look like, plan it throughout the year, and also what individuals, they should have an action plan. Things that we do with our teams, everyone on the team gets assigned an accountability buddy. We recommend they meet once a week for even five minutes. How are things going? A lot of times people need someone to talk to and, and also not just someone to talk to, because of course we do that, but someone to hold you accountable for that action plan. Pre-match routine, get the athletes thinking. And I know this is a much longer lesson that I'm just glossing over right now, but getting your athletes to think about what exactly are you going to tell yourself? What is your frame of mind? What are the words you're using? What's your emotional level like right before you step out there to wrestle? So visualizing it, not only visualizing it, but actually going through a pre-match routine, encouraging your athletes to practice that on their own. Um, discipline also with, like I said, I know it's not, it's, it's not directly mindset, but taking some time to practice stance in motion. It is difficult because if you do, if you go five minutes stance in motion, it's going to hurt your legs. And then tomorrow you're not going to want to do it. So mentally, you're going to have to push yourself to, nope, get back in your stance in motion, and you're only going to benefit from this. If you have your athletes do that starting now, they're going to be in a lot better shape when they step in the room. It's going to make your job as a coach a lot easier because in practice, you don't want them coming up and down in their stance. You want them in a good stance the whole time. So that pre-match routine is, is going to be big. The discipline for the stance in motion, you might look at that as planning out some extra workouts they could be doing. Knowing what the strength plan is. No, well, we talked about all that, I guess. But mindset, you'd really have to say it. You can't, you can't beat having an expert. The mindset, the best teams, if they're trying to get stronger, they have a strength coach for the season. The best teams mentally, the teams that want to maximize mentally, they would work with us. The wrestling mindset, we know what we're doing. We've worked with some of the very best in the country and in the world. And make sure you're capitalizing on the resources. Some coaches prefer the do-it-yourself program where you're the one giving the mindset. Obviously, the best thing far and away is having one of our trained, certified mindset coaches working with your team. So that's what's going to get you the best results to make sure you're doing that every single week of the season. We have some great teams that are already signed up. They're doing it. You want to join that party. That's right. And I'm looking at one of the things you could do, starting to understand your core principles and values. I'm staring at Gene's wall. He's got the four mindset principles I made a post about this on yeah that side on on LinkedIn today about just taking mental reps. You know what does our team believe? How do we want to compete? There we go. So I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. I'm aggressive and relentless. I have no fear of losing or making mistakes. I never ever give up. Right? Posting that in your wrestling room, posting that in the locker room, posting that in the gym, wherever you know your wrestlers are going to see that, and start taking the mental reps now because. You know, a lot of times it is a matter of reps. You can't just say that before a match. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do anything. If we start do, taking those mental reps right now, then we start to compete that way. We start to train that way. We start to live that way. 
So understand, even if it's not the same four mindset principles that we talk about now, you know, I mean, a lot of teams love these principles from elementary school right through the Olympic team. But even if you were going to add or change different things, understand what do you stand for as a team? How do you want to compete? And then making sure that everyone understands it, because, you know, it's one thing to have principles. And then it's another thing to have principles that everyone understands. And then it's another thing that people principles that people know, understand and are actually living by. Every day. That's right. So those mental reps and, and having it posted somewhere, that's something that could get us into the mentality of, of um, where we want to be, where we want to compete during the season. So putting your, getting your mindset principles, getting the poster, putting it somewhere that everyone can see it, and then having them say that before every workout. That's something simple they could be doing every, every, um, every day, a couple times a day. With the team, we do it at the beginning and at the end of each workout. So right. it's, a, it's a daily thing, multiple times a day. It's creating the environment. It's creating a positive culture. And that's what coaches are looking for. They want to create a culture and an environment of greatness. So if you're not saying them out loud, you're not getting the mental reps. If you're saying them alone out loud, it's not going to have the team culture and the environment aspect of it. So bring the team together before and after every workout. Charge your captains to do that. What you really want to do, when we're working with teams – and we've, ta we've taken this another level this year where there are certain teams that want to get involved in a greater wrestling mindset initiative where we're working with the coaches individually, the captains individually, and the team. So we're, we're putting a lot more focus on how we're working with the coaches, the captains, and the team as a group. So to make sure the captains take ownership. They're putting it on their resume, so might as well make them earn it. That's right. That's all I got. Preseason mindset tips. Whether it's wrestling, school, business, or life, mindset makes the difference. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you click the bell, get the notifications, like, subscribe, share this. That's how we bump up the uh, the the, uh, the algorithm. So you pump it out there. People could people could see it and just getting good information. Share it with your team. If you're a coach, share this with your team. Share it with the parents. It's going to make your life a lot easier. Rather than have to explain all this over again, just kick this out with a team email. Make sure your team is also getting our daily text message. Text mindset one, that's mindset the number one, to 84576. Get your wrestling family talking. Your, your recreation team, your high school team, or if you're a college coach, your college team, send it out to the parents. Send it out to the team. It's simple to do. And this way you're constantly thinking about being in a good mindset, a constant source of positivity, and it makes your life a lot easier. We'll see you next week. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.